0: Hey millennials, it has been about a week or two since we've last spoke and I hope that you guys have had a great time Uh, in those last few weeks. We had Labor Day weekend. I hope you got to spend some time with family or just relaxed and doing something that you wanted to do. Uh, I myself, I did just that. I did both of those things. I spent some time with my family, my immediate, my wife, my kids. Um, We sat around in the RV in the campsite. Um, just kind of doing whatever we wanted to do for a whole day. And we got to meet some people in the church and the kids have been getting enrolled in basketball practice and just all sorts of lovely things. So we've had, we've had our share of fun, but, um, yeah, now it's time to get back into the show. Now, last week I did an episode of the zero for hire podcast and some of you may have noticed that it was set for subscribers only, which is kind of kind of a safety for me because of the sort of sort of things we talk about on that show. And unfortunately, we're going to get into some of those things that might get me in trouble. But that's that's just the nature of the show. This is a part two that I didn't necessarily want to do this week, uh, but there's some other. There's some other lessons and teachings and issues that I would like to get into that talk about other things. So, what I will do is, for this episode, we will get into Demon Nation Part 2. I laid the table, I laid the groundwork for you guys in the last episode. So, without rehashing too much of that, I, was ex- I wanted to explore the reality that our nation has gone through some spiritual trauma that we have yet to discuss in the church. Um, I, I'm i not saying that none of the church is talking about it, but to my knowledge and in my experience, I have seen very little to no conversation about the spiritual trauma that our nation has endured in the last three years, uh, three or four years, because we're getting ready going to go into 2024 here. From 2019... 2020, 2022, 2023, we have experienced a great deal of trauma. Now, this has nothing to do with the political landscape per se, and I say per se, because to a large degree, a lot of this is in response to politics and the political landscape, because Donald Trump was in office from 2016 to 2020, the left went entirely insane and instigated several massive events during that four-year term. One of those events being the relaunch of the Black Lives Matter movement. Now, during the time I was doing a show called The Zero Hour Podcast And I was saying things and speaking about things in such a way that did not fit the narrative and that people, on the powers that be, didn't really enjoy. And my podcast suffered greatly for it. Um, Deranked, shadow banned, and ultimately just banned banned from the platform. Just cut off, discontinued, uh, with no explanation whatsoever. And I'm telling you this because this is why, for the most part, those types of issues I have to discuss on the Zero for Hire podcast, which is a new show on my substack where we discuss those things, but it's in a safe environment for people who are willing to listen to that type of podcast. Now, the spiritual element of this came from... A lot of the rituals that BLM presented to the masses. All over the nation, in large cities, they would do these gatherings in the park. And they would do things like naming the dead, calling upon the names of the dead. Um, And and as I'll show you in a a later clip here, uh, what I refer to as just straight up necromancy. Uh, They were pouring out libations. And libations means uh, to have a drink and to pour it out in, in reference and in, in reverence to the fallen or the slain or the dead. And invoking their their spirits in some cases. And spoken, invoking their wrath. Invoking their intentions, their energy. It's spoken about various different ways. It's a pagan ritual. And this is what was happening... In major parks, in major cities, all across America for over the course of about two or three years. So when you would see on the news, large gatherings where people would come around. And what they thought they were doing was denouncing racism, you know. They were, a lot of people were being tricked into, let's say, atoning for their whiteness or whatever. Because that's what they were being told by the anti-racist groups. That they needed to atone for their whiteness. And that all of the problems that they were bringing to the table, and in my, in my opinion, blowing out of proportion, all of those issues were because of racism in some way. And the only solution that they were bringing to the table was that white people needed to step back, white people needed to step down, white people needed to apologize for their whiteness in some way. And um, we saw this happening all over the country for, for at least a year Now, during these rituals or during these gatherings, rather, um, they would highlight selected incidents in which the narrative was hyper-focused on one specific detail of the event or completely rewritten in such a way that would invoke the most emotion for the victim at hand. So they would take incidents like Michael Brown. And they say, hands up, don't shoot. You know the narrative. He was just walking home from Bible study one day. And he got gunned down by a racist cop. Or whatever. Now, when you look into the actual details, the this, the, the event is very different. Um, I'm not going to explain it to you. I don't want to get kicked off of iTunes for telling the truth. But I would encourage you to look at the police records. To look at the actual incident at hand. But the narrative is what's important. And the narrative was that this innocent young black man was gunned down. And so these people would call upon his name and then they would sometimes act out rage, act out these emotions and, and would really be like calling, calling for the energy or calling for the spirit of this person to come to them. They did this for Michael Brown. They did it for Breonna Taylor. They did it for uh, Jacob Blake. They did it for um, uh, the one guy who was just running. He was just jogging. That's all he was doing, was jogging. Um, George Floyd, obviously, you know. And so they would take these names and they would, in a massive, massive group, call upon the names of the dead. With intentions of invoking some sort of energy. To consume them or to come to them. They were calling for justice. But really what they were calling for was vengeance. So they wanted the spirit of vengeance to come down. Upon the land or upon the people. And honestly, really what they were doing. Is kind of what happens during a magic trick so when there's a magic trick there's two elements to it there's the part that you show the audience and then there's the misdirection that you hide from the audience that they don't know about and in a lot of magic tricks the misdirection is how the trick is done so you'll show the audience you know a, a, a card but what they don't see is that you have another card either hidden in your palm or that you're actually holding two cards. There's some sort of element that you with, that you withhold from the audience. And then you would have a distraction. So there's this cup trick where you would put a paper bag over a glass. And you would have the shape of the glass. And then you would... You know pretend like you're making sure that it's it's fit and you would be really forming that paper bag around the glass and in doing so you would pull the pull the glass to you and you would drop the glass out of the bag at the edge of the table without letting people see it and then you would move that paper black bag in the shape of the of the bag back up to the table and you would tell them to say some sort of magic word, and as they said the magic word, or you count to three or whatever, you would hit the paper bag, and the bag would be crushed, and they would freak out for a minute because they thought you crushed a glass, and then that's when they would hear the glass hit the floor or something on the on the bottom of the table, depending on how you'd set it up. And that's the distraction. It's the thing that you show them. They don't know the truth that's behind the curtain. And the truth that's behind the curtain in these gatherings in large parks with large, massive groups of people where they are calling upon the dead, is that they were actually inviting demonic spirits into their lives. Thus, these people became demonized. And when I say demonized, I don't necessarily mean demon-possessed. I mean, they are inviting spirits to follow them around, to have some sort of effect on, or authority in their life, they are inviting these. Um, they're leaving the door open for the hauntings, even, you know, to be emotionally affected. And in in that short time, during the last three years, we've watched massive spikes in depression, suicide, emotional instability, and it's showcased by the behavior of people, the hive mind the rainbow-colored hair, the overt, bizarre sexuality that suddenly has just, on, uh, just set upon people, that has just suddenly developed un- among the masses, um, large amounts of r- fits of rage and violence and irrationality and emotional fits, and all of these things that I believe are effects of being demonized. And you see these people acting out in these different various ways. And it's always in the direction toward debauchery, toward depravity, uh, toward depression and isolation. Um, sometimes they're, they're harming themselves. They're harming relationships in their own lives. Just this, this onslaught of unholy behavior throughout the American people. And it's not just that the BLM gatherings did this to people. That's just one of the types of events we've experienced in the last few years. Another incident that we see growing rapidly in the last five in the last few years, I'll say the last five years, would be things like the Burning Man Festival, where you see just a massive growth and the speed at which this thing is growing is just outrageous. And it's just a festival of pure debauchery where they simulate a human sacrifice and they do all of these things that are supposed to be hidden behind closed doors. Now that's all in the news where we see what seems to be the judgment of God coming down on the Burning Man festival in the form of these floods. You know, because deserts are known for flooding, right? And they're saying, how could this happen? Uh, We see... A very, in my opinion, accelerated growth in atheistic spirituality, if you will. What I mean is that people are open to spirituality. They're open to ghosts. They're open to monsters. They're open to aliens, even. Literally, we're having serious conversations in the news about aliens. Um but what we're not open to is prayer. We're not open to God or Jesus. That that is openly and roundly mocked and ridiculed in the public square by our nation's officials, by our nation's experts. And simultaneously we are seeing a, a some sort of mental event happening in people like Sam Harris, you know, who's on a podcast, and I played the I played the clip on a different on the zero hour podcast, I can't play it here um, because it's related to the um, to the sickness that shall not be named. But in that clip, you know, he he discusses a bunch of scenarios that are not reality; they're not the case now. And he's trying to paint a picture in which his behavior and the people that he associates with in which their behavior is justified and then they they want to append that to reality based on these hypothetical situations that they craft in their minds and so what we see is where people their their minds are seared their minds are seared and i believe that to be a form of judgment from god that they've rejected him for so long that they cannot see the truth that they will not see the truth and that their minds are just darkened and they all they can come up is with darkened scenarios. Evil scenarios in which the world is worse than it really is because they want to be justified. They, they want to feel justified. Um, this is a combination of a, a judgment because of sinful behavior. Um, and because I believe people are being demonized on a massive level. The isolation that people experience during... The lockdowns is another element in which I feel that people were being emotionally manipulated and abused to a large degree. And in that abuse, they turned to things that they wouldn't normally turn to. And we saw a sharp decline in mental health. And when I say mental health, what I mean is mental stability, common sense, an ability to endure nonsense or to stand up to nonsense and take a hard pass, a lot of that went away for many, many people. And what they did was they fell into what we would call nonsense, what I think would be spiritual depravity, spiritual recklessness, debauchery, things that drag them down spiritually and draw them further away from God and draw them deeper into rebellion and demonization. And the deeper that you go into demonization or uh, rebellion, the more susceptible you are to being demonized. Now, is everybody who went through the lockdown demonized? No. Does everybody who suffered emotional abuse become demonized? No. What we're looking at are the people who have clearly lost their grip on reality. They, you, and you know the people when I say that. Like, images of these people come to your mind where they cannot have a conversation about certain topics or certain people without completely becoming irrational and behaving in a reflexive manner that defies logic. Why do you hate this person so much? Why do you hate this topic so much? Why do certain themes trigger you to the degree that you are completely unreasonable and impossible to deal with? That is the effect of demonization to a large degree, for most people. I I will not pretend or entertain this thought of things being completely absolute in every situation. If you're unable to parse what I'm saying, this is not a podcast for you. If what you're hearing is, I'm saying this is absolute in every situation and I need to explain this, then this is not the podcast for you. Stop wasting both of our time and don't listen. But for those who can understand what I'm saying, we are seeing before us a massive event of not just people's hearts falling away from God, but people falling into the hands of the enemy and literally being drug in, dragged to hell by Satan and his demons. That's what's happening. We see it mentally, we see it spiritually, emotionally in the people around us, and it is largely in, largely because of these events by groups like the Burning Man Festival, by groups like BLM, and by the actions of our federal and local governments that have attributed it to the rampant and constant abuse of people throughout the world. Now, some governments were not as harsh as others I mean, We saw in, I believe it was in South Korea, where people were locked in their homes by their governments to the degree that they were going door to door collecting their pets and putting them, to, uh, euthanizing their pets because of fears of the disease that shall not be named. They were forcing through the military and police state people to stay in their homes and feeding them rotten food for their own good. And I believe even, even that was a level of demonization. The actions that we've seen in the last few years are just inhuman. It seems like every few decades we see these atrocious actions, these terrible actions, carried out by people in power that just defy human compassion and logic. And we're, we're in that era again. And, we, and, and the scary thing is that there is a large faction, at least here in America, of people who are willing and ready to go back into the lockdowns. They are willing and ready to bring back the signal, the visual signifier of their political affiliation that you would wear on your face to show that you're on board with their compliance. If you understand what I'm saying. They are. They. They are. Largely a death cult. That is. Pushing these ideas that cause death. Ultimately cause death. And it's not just in the sin that sin causes death. I mean yes sin causes death. But I mean like. Euthanization. As we see in Canada. Where instead of helping people through their problems. They're just. Euthanizing them, like cats and dogs, we're seeing sterilization through through the guise of sexual liberation in children, mind you. So not just in young adults, but in minors, teenagers, all the way down to like middle school kids, as young as ten and eleven years old, being sterilized, um, having their reproductive systems destroyed having their sexual ident um no their sexual oh, no not sexuality how what's the word i want to use um their reproductive capabilities completely removed from the scope in in the in cases of both boys and girls really and um being trained. Unfortunately, like in the in the in the case of the boys, they're being trained to become pleasure devices for even sicker individuals. But in the case of the girls, uh, what we see is something that is on par with the Maoist revolution, with the whole um, just this army of um, androgynous anger and rage which I attribute to demonization Um, further reproductive sterilization and death caused by um, euthanizing some of the population before they get a chance to become part of the population so, across the board, like we're just seeing a lot of death being pushed on the masses. Uh, we're, we're being told to accept these things. Um, we're seeing, through immunization, we'll call it immunization, um, attempts at immunization, or at least that's what we're being sold, we're seeing people extinguished at a very early age through... Uh, physical defects that normally wouldn't develop at 30 years old. And I'm talking, when I say like healthy people, I'm talking about like Olympians and, and athletes becoming extinguished at the age of 30, at the age of 32. Um, because of health developments that you don't see in that demographic And so those are the these are the things that are just carrying the death to which I believe is a I'm leaning towards sacrifice at this point. Now I don't have a real good grasp on that, but I'll close out with this um, this issue with emergencies. We're seeing like with the, with the Maui fires, where you had a government official who was so reverent of. His religious beliefs about water being important to his deities that they refused and denied the emergency department's access to water to put out the fire when it mattered. So they would they they he wanted because of his religious beliefs to to withhold water. He would rather have the water than help human life and then you had just little things like they they didn't shut off the power when they even after they discovered that the power lines had failed and were causing the fires and not only that they were blocking the roads so that people couldn't leave you know one one official said <coughs> that they didn't sound the alarms because they didn't want people to run the wrong way into the fire Because, you know, when you see an alarm, your first thought is to run directly into the giant glowing ball of smoke, right? I mean, isn't that what everybody does in an emergency situation? You just run directly into the giant ball of smoke and fire? No, you would obviously, you would go the opposite way. But that was his excuse for not sounding the alarms, which we could write him off as just being stupid if it weren't for the fact that the police were not allowing people to leave, And so the only conclusion I can come to is that this town was sacrificed, and I don't know why. But with all this on my mind about demonization, these are the instances that come up. These are the situations that I recognize as things that cause demonization. So why do I go to that? Demonization is caused, if you read any any journals by exorcists or uh, those that do deliverance or just you can infer from scripture... Demonization is caused by a few things. It's caused by idolatry. Idolatry is followed by a curse from God. Unforgiveness, the same way. Unforgiveness causes you to become demonized. You are handed over to the tormentors, as Jesus put it. So, idolatry and unforgiveness are the two quickest ways to become demonized. Another one is through ritual abuse. So, when I say ritual abuse, this means a type of abuse that happens frequently. Um, it can be a part of a ritual. It could be sexual abuse. It could be drug abuse. It could be physical abuse, like somebody's punching you. You know, Ritual abuse, constant repetitive abuse opens people up mentally and spiritually to demonization and fourth is dabbling in the occult opening opening yourself up to the occult is you giving yourself over to those demonic forces which causes you to become demonized now when a person is in that situation those are the those are the most likely ways that people become demonized that's not an exhaustive list I mean there are people who are born demonized there are people who are become demonized through extraordinary means that we are unaware of because life is just like that sometimes. There's are just things that happen that we don't understand why or how. And I I want to talk to you about these things because I want you to recognize that, it, one, it's a thing that happens. You can see it in Scripture. It's, it's explained pretty clearly. It, and like I said, the, the journals of, of people who deal with this talk about the same things. Those are the four ways that are most common. Um, one of the, when, when I say ritual abuse, let me like the best example I can think of is Sybil. Sybil had more multiple, more, more personalities. She could say had multiple personality disorder. She had more personalities I think ever recorded. And it was a result of her mother's abuse. The things that she did to her were just bizarre and exotic and demonic in my opinion. And that's what opened her up to that. Now, psychology and its atheistic state likes to try to explain anything away, especially if it has a spiritual element. But that's my guns. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, idolatry: a society that falls into idolatry is putting itself under judgment. And so, when you look at these um, these pagan nations that worship multiple gods, it's no wonder that you see so many people completely demon possessed and demonized. Um, the ritual abuse, especially, like, the drug abuse, the substance abuse, that is kind of blending into the pharmacia, the witchcraft, the occult. That's kind of, like, one big chunk. It's two separate things that blend together. I i give you a good example is this new drug, Trank, that's going around, where you see people just, like, passed out into this zombie-like state. They call it the zombie drug. That is horrifying. It's, it's absolutely horrifying what what people are doing to themselves, and they say that this drug is so addictive that one accidental hit will have you addicted for life, which is what they used to say about heroin, but like, this is way worse. So we're past fentanyl at this point. Um, I encourage you guys to do your homework about what's going on in the culture, what's going on in politics, and um, to just be diligent about what you see around you, and then also to continue like, to read your Bibles. Read your Bibles, find out how things came to be, find out what God has to say about situations. Um, because just being taught in church, just listening to what other people have told you, it's not enough. Sometimes they have misinterpretations, sometimes they miss things. And there's a lot of questions that you're going to have that you're never going to have the question if you don't read your Bibles. So, everything I've said has a biblical backing, has some sort of biblical grounding. And... Um, that's where I'm going to leave it today. That's the state of the world, and that's that's how I think that we've gotten here in the last few years um, with everything that's going on. So, with all of the, the sexuality, the sexual revolution, the drugs, the debauchery, the atheism, the ritual abuse, and all of these other things that I mentioned earlier, I think that our nation was just primed for it, and we've seen in the... In the an exp- exit, what was it? Exponential growth in demonization and people around it. So, if it seems like people are just getting crazy all over and emboldened about it, I think that's why. Ultimately, it's going to take us to a place where Christians are going to have to learn how to be Christians in order to one retain dominion and author- and spiritual authority in these situations, and two spread the gospel. Because if you don't spread the gospel and the demons are spreading whatever it is that they spread at a rapid rate, you're going to be outnumbered and surrounded over time. This is not a situation where you just get to tuck tail and, and just keep you to yourself and hope everything's going to be all right because it's not. It's not going to be all right. I think we're in that, that honestly, I think we're in that thousand years where Satan is loosed upon the earth, but... That's a whole different discussion for a different time, and we'll have to talk about that some other time. Find me over on the Zero Hour, or the Zero for Hire podcast on Substack. You go to zeroforhire.substack.com, subscribe, you'll get this show, you'll get the Zero for Hire podcast, and you will get updates on the comic book that I'm working on, which those updates are coming very soon. Um, your subscriptions help pay for the comic book and we're going to be raising a Kickstarter as soon as we get the necessary materials to do so. I thank you guys for listening today. I would love to hear your feedback and until next time, stay holy.